In this series, we hear stories about the role masculinity plays in today's world, as I try to become a better version of myself every day. Join me and let's discover this together. There's an expectation that you will step up as a man, that you will do things. You will be that person like in the movies or in the books, where you will do no matter how hard it is, you will step up, step up, step up. In the midst of a crisis, we'd all like to think we could just step up and take control. But how do you deal with it if you just can't? The story starts on board a boat during a major world sailing race. It's 2007, and Leon is huddled on deck. He's exhausted and seasick. It's in the middle of the night, and the boat is headed straight into a massive storm. We knew we were going into something really nasty. We knew we were going to beat down through the English Channel into a storm. And we knew it was going to be big and it was going to last more than a day. We ended up with Force 9 gusting 10, which is really, really big stuff. Something I've never been in before. And I'm one of the helms on the watch. So I'm helming the boat, so taking an hour at a time actually driving the boat. At the point this happened, I think we were one of about 60 boats left in the race of the 300 who started it. We'd already heard Mayday calls over the radios and things like that. People in trouble with lifeboats launched and helicopters and things at night. We're at night, it's big waves. It actually is the only time I've seen something that looks like the movie The Perfect Storm, where you're on the helm of the boat and you're climbing waves just like in the movie. And genuinely very scary. You're not so much worried about yourself, you're worried about everybody else who's now in your hands because you've got 10 of you on the boat, three or four of those people are asleep below. If you get this wrong, this boat will roll into a wave or snap its mast and everybody's in massive trouble. People being sick, unable to eat, and just a storm kept going and we kept racing. We're in a race, so we keep going, we keep going. I'm tired and I'm feeling so rough and everything. And I know my turn's coming. I'm going to spend an hour on the helm of the boat, taking responsibility for everybody. And it just, uh, it was actually my brother-in-law. He just said, are you up, Leon? You're up. And I went, I can't do it. I can't take the helm. And it was this weird, this suddenly, I can't do this. I'm harnessed on. I'm in on my full kit for you sailors. The waves are coming in out of the top of the boat. They're going straight through us. But I'm just sat there huddled and I just do not want to move. This is as far as I can push myself at this point in time. And it sounds like quite a small thing, but it massively affected me at the time and afterwards. And then the next time, I was all right the next time. I kind of got myself sorted out and I felt better. And and the next time it was my turn, I took my helm and helmed the boat. Whenever I think back to it, the first thing that pops in my head, but yeah, but I couldn't helm that time when I had to, when it was my go, when it was my turn to be responsible for everybody for that one hour period. I, I couldn't do it. And that almost defines the whole race for me and my whole thought of that because it was a point I couldn't do what I needed to do. I should have just done that. But then, and then part of me goes, what about if it went wrong? I felt that ill and that bad. What about if I had killed everybody? It's proper serious stuff if you mess it up. And the weird thing was that every other time I took the helm, hours and hours I helmed that boat. And every other time it was absolutely fine. And I helmed any speak through the storms and everything. But this one time I didn't do it. 
I did everything I was supposed to do, except for this one thing. And this one thing just kind of like sits there as a, as a problem for me. That I, like I let everybody down. There we go. Like I let everybody down. Why do you feel so upset about that even 15 years later when the other perspective you could have taken was, you know what, I'm so glad I didn't take the helm because I could have made a bad mistake that could have potentially caused fatalities. Talking about that as a safety issue, it was a sensible decision what I did. If I'm being all kind of logical with it, as you know, I was not well and it was a sensible decision not to do it. But there's a feeling in me as a person that I didn't do it. There's an expectation that you will step up as a man, that you will do things. You will be that person like in the movies or in the books where you will do no matter how hard it is, you will step up. And, and then I meet people who do that kind of stuff. I do. And that's a weird thing to be tested and go, because lots of people in their life, lots of men aren't tested. They would like to be or they would think they would be. And they're, they're not tested in that, that kind of physical sensed that how much how scared can you take it how can you keep going when it gets really terrible and that was hard to recognize that there was a point where i would i couldn't go beyond you imagine you can do anything and um, you, you regularly talk to people and people talk oh i could do that i could do this i could do that and that was one of the it's been a couple of times in my life when i've been put in that position and that's one of them where i was put in that position where i had to face the fact that there was a point i wouldn't go beyond and then i meet people who will go beyond that point and I meet people who've gone way beyond a point like that and kept going. And for me to recognise that I wasn't that imaginary person, that I didn't all my life I kind of imagined I would, there was a, I would have nothing would stop me. And to suddenly recognise there was a point where I would go, no, I'm, I can't do this. I can't step up to this. That that's hard. Yeah. And I said, as, as I was saying earlier, that that sits now fifteen years on. That there was a point where I I found out what my limit was. Would you consider it as a regret what happened? I think so. Yeah. I mean, from a purely safety point of view, it's probably a good thing I didn't take the helm. But I wish I had. And what would that have given you if you'd had taken the helm? Um, would it have given me an unrealistic expectation of what I was capable of? Because I'd have thought, yeah, I could do that. I could probably do anything. And then until the next time I bumped into something I couldn't do. A lot of men have um, issues around comparison. Hmm. I end up comparing myself to a friend or to some other guy I know is like, well, he would have done this and he would have done that. Can you talk about any experiences you had with comparison to those other sailors who were there on the boat that day? It's strange to know other people could do that at that point in time. So they must have felt the same as me um, to know that they could do it. But then you don't, but then you question it. You go, well, did they feel as ill as I did? Or did, with the, you know, did was this scary for them? You know, it was scary for all of us, but, uh, so it's hard to compare yourself with other people. You don't kind of know what's going on in other people's heads or what their ex previous life experiences are. As I said, I've done lots of adventurous things in my life, but there's not many times I've been pushed into a corner where it was proper life-threatening stuff, where it was proper dangerous. And uh, to, to bump into that point where you go, this is proper scary and this is kind of where I am with this and, I'm, I'm, and I have really got a problem with this. Did you think you could die? Oh, for sure, yeah. It was as much a worry that I would kill everybody else as kill myself, that I would make a mistake and take nine people with me. But even whilst you're on the boat without being at the helm, did you think you could die because of the storm? Strangely, no. No, it was much more a worry that I, 
had let other people down, that I would somehow endanger other people by my, my actions, my behavior. It wasn't a worry about myself. No, that, that fear was a fear for others. Like if I did mm. this, I would kill other people. Did you have any sort of epiphanies or aha moments or about your life in that moment? You know, when you're in a dangerous situation like that, or, you know, you, you're in that situation where you, you could take the helm or you, you don't take the helm. I had like afterwards, I just sat in the corner of the cockpit just thinking, I wish I'd done, I heard, but not still not wanting to volunteer. At any point in that hour long, it would have been my helm in session. I could have volunteered. And I didn't. So I sat there not doing it. Mm. And that's hard to think back on. I think, well, yeah, I, I didn't do it. Do we hold ourselves to unrealistic standards at some points because it's macho or we we have to retain some sort of masculinity? I think so. I think there's a, an expectation as a guy that you will do this, that you will step up. That's a, that's a word, but you will step up. You hear those phrases. You hear people about manning up. That's the phrase they use. They're talking about guys. They're talking about girls. I'm like, yeah, that you will step up as a guy and you will do your bit. But I guess it's the circumstance you're in that if you um, if you have no choice, I had a choice. I had people around me. I had the ability to make that choice. Yeah, there's a, there it is. I had the ability to make that choice. I had other people to rely on. If I'd been by myself, that would have been an entirely different kettle of fish. Yeah, that that's part of the the feeling. The almost um, embarrassed feeling about it is because I knew other people would pick up the slack. I've been there myself. It is a kind of like a a need and a want situation. You know, you want to take the helm, but because you knew you had that, there was almost like an element of retreat there. You could, you know, you could you could get that, that those helping hands, that support from people that you trusted. You knew that they they could look after things. And that's embarrassing in a way to go, I had, I knew that they would pick up the slack in this, that they would take this on. Why are you embarrassed by that? Like I didn't do my bit. Yeah, this again is this, this masculinity thing, isn't it? This idea that you must do your part and you must be part of the team and you must be able to do what everybody else would do. If you had to choose one thing from your life that shaped your view of masculinity, what would that be? Oh, I think a lot of my awareness of masculinity, what, what I was taught it should be, and how, what, I, and what I saw was from my father, and the way he would behave as a man, as a former soldier, suffering from PTSD, it turned out, as an adult, thinking back through it and looking at it. But in a, a very aggressive man, a very not, no emotional sharing, very, very kind of um, get things done, Almost a stiff up, but it sounds terribly stereotypical, doesn't it? Like this kind of idea that we, we don't talk about, we would never talk about feelings. We would never give everybody a hug. We would never do it. And that sounds like I'm, I'm reading off what other people read off. And I recognize that's a thing. That's a thing from the 1970s when I was a child. That's what the world was like. And that's kind of, I guess, starts that, how you define yourself, your masculinity, how you look at it. You see these people who came post-war, came from these guys who came from the 50s and 60s who were conscripted into armies and navies and went to wars and all kinds of things happened to them. And they were all expected to just carry on. And this just poured out all over the place in their personal lives as adults when they were back in their normal world. And nobody ever spoke about it, but it kind of like defines people. It was all very, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to keep going and stop making a fuss, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I think that's, a, that's where it comes from. 
this idea that you know you need to step up and you need to do your thing because that was a, an expectation when I was a child. I'd be guessing that I'm curious what you think on this. Uh, like your father, who went through the Korean War, that inevitably he would have faced so many horrors and things that you and I have not experienced. That his ability or capabilities to deal with tough panic situations, whatever you want to call it, his threshold rather is probably a better word, probably would be a lot greater than you and I. So he, yeah. you know, if he was in unspeakable situations, he could handle them better than you and I could because because he's had that. Yeah, I, I think because my, my father is a, used to be a coal miner, a stepfather, and my grandfather was also a coal miner as well. So there was no... There's no speaking about your your feelings or emotions and tough situations that you've that you've been through because my grandfather saw fatalities down the mines and you know and he didn't share that with with other people. So we're living in very different times. If you think about the way that masculinity and what it means to be a man has developed in the last oh yeah 60 70 years, I mean it's just so different now. I don't know if you've got children. Yeah, I have, yeah, a daughter. Who weirdly was a soldier, which was a very strange experience for me. Yeah, to have a daughter became a soldier. Because she had that experience that um, I'd not had. I'd not had, yeah, that's a weird thing. And my grandfather was a soldier, my dad was, and my daughter was. So that's very strange, that not being put in that position. I've been lucky enough not to be put in that position. I suppose because our fathers, grandfathers or whatever have, you know, gone through some difficulties and tragedies in war and, and which have paved the way to allow us to live a much much more privileged life where we're not in in those situations yeah basically yeah and I'm, I'm lucky to live where i live now and to, to be in this position yeah and to my father as i said my father came irish family and um, my grandfather great-grandfather great-great-grandfather irish travelers and came from a very different world to what i live in and their, their whole thing ran down through the family about how you would behave and how you spoke to people and how you dealt with things and, and things that we would not consider normal, to things like um, for violence to be normal. You know, this is normal. To, you, you would in some way attack somebody who, were, who wronged you in some fashion, you know, this kind of thing. And that was a world that existed and that, that these men would step up and there would be no messing mm. about and they would just get it sorted and that's how it was. And, yeah, so it is, I'm aware I live in a world where I'm very privileged, right? I don't, I don't have to think like that. Yeah. How did you change as a man after that experience? It's purely about recognizing your limitations. That recognizing that I had a limitation. You can convince yourself you don't have one until you're confronted with it right in your face. You could probably go through your life going, "Yeah, I'll be all right. I could do that. I could manage anything. I could step up and I could do that." And most things, I'm pretty good. I can step up. I have lots of sort of interesting experiences. Not you know, physically dangerous ones, emotional ones around families and illness and death and things like that. I, can, I know I can step up and I can do what I need to do. But to realise there is a limit, there is a point where I will go, yeah, actually, I can't do this. Have you had a situation where you've had what you thought was a perceived limit and then realised, you know what, I like to use your words, I'll step up and realise that that actually wasn't a limit at all and you just decided to push past it or... Yes, they have, yeah. And that's sailing again. That's that's head. If you're a sailor, changing the head sails, so changing one of the sails at the ritz, 
in a, in a big sea, daylight, different, different race, offshore race, big, massive sea, so to go onto the forward deck and do a head sail change. And to be forward with somebody holding on to me, we're both hooked on, we're, you know, we're t- fixed onto the boat, actually somebody holding me as I change the sails, we're going under the waves. And I'm going under every time we drop down, and going under the waves. And then, came up. and then turning to the chap with me and going, Arthur, I can't do this. And he's going, you're going to have to because I can't. And then keeping going. And then coming out of that and going, wow, I didn't think I had that. I'm going under every wave. I'm really scared. It's more physical effort than I thought I had. I thought I had no more physical effort and still making it happen. So I know there is a point, but I mean, there's nobody else who's going to do this, but I'm going to do it. It's one of the things I identify as. So did you question your identity as a sailor after that incident? I don't think so. No, I don't think I did. Mm. So the next race you went into, did it go well? Yeah, it's all fine. Yeah, never, never, I've not experienced that since. You said something interesting before that you, that thought of what happened that day was still in your mind and is still in your mind every time you do a race. Mm. Why is that? And how does it benefit you or is it a detriment to you? I think it's a bit of both. It's recognizing there is a, that I do have a limit, but it also puts that little bit element of doubt in your head. I just kind of go, well, I hope it's quite really quite a long way off that point that, that you know, I have to be really pushing it very, very seriously before I, before I can't do this. But, but it, to know there is a point. And maybe that's constructive to know there's a point, to, to have had that put in my face, to that face to face with the fact there is a point I can't go beyond. At what point does it come into your head? Is it say if you make a small mistake that negative thought comes in your head or is it at a point in the race you always get that thought or what? what is it? I don't think so. It, can, it, it has at times made me go for a safer option in things to think that um, let's not put myself and the rest, the rest of the team in that position. Yeah, that's definitely happened. Not like massively big things, but just to slightly go, I won't do that. Or, Let's not do that. Let's not push that particular thing that I might have done before. Yeah, so it's changed. But then I don't know with these things because because your perception changes with age about what you're willing to accept as a risk. What I would accept as a risk in my 20s is very different to what I'll accept in my 50s. You know, if it would have been a situation where you couldn't take the helm at all in that race... Yeah then you might have felt even more strongly about it. But the fact that you actually took the helm a few hours later, I just find that interesting that you, it feels like you, you, you class it as a, as a failure to you, but yeah. most people would probably see it as, well, I just wasn't ready at that point in time. I'll just change places with someone else, which is what you, what you did in the end. Yeah. If you break it down, it's, it doesn't sound terribly much of a big thing. You go, well, I just made a sensible decision. Mm and didn't do something that might have endangered others. But in my head, it feels different to that. So that's why I'm curious as to why it's such this, this thing that you've not let go of for 15 years. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that one, I don't think. It just sits there, this thing, I wish I'd done that. It's a regret. Yeah, a regret. But then how can you regret something you couldn't do? Can you let that go? Oh, probably. <laughs> it's the first time I've talked openly about it, so... Why have you never talked about that event, that story with anyone else? Because guys don't talk about stuff like that, do they? <laughs> you don't, do you? Don't, um, there's an expectation in society you won't talk about how you felt about something. Because you deem it as a, as a failure and you don't want to talk about your failures with people. Yeah. 
I think it's a failure. You're recognising fear. You're recognising your physical ability to do something. You're recognising a weakness physically, your illness or whatever. And to talk about that is something that society doesn't, as an expectation, you won't do as a guy. You won't talk about it. I think you should. I've just done it. I've just talked to you about it all. But um, it's it's something I've not to that particular event. You, you'll find me in life. I will talk about lots of things. I will talk about mental health in very clear ways with people and be quite open about it. But I've not told that this particular event my personal feelings about it before. Mm. So I think I asked you before about if it's changed, changed you as a man or, or not. And you said it's kind of, you, you feel like you, you know that you've got a limit now, but does, as it, has it kind of changed you in any other ways? I don't think it has. No, it's um, it just. I'll tell you what it does. It changes your perception of risk. Changes. I mentioned my daughter was a soldier, and that was scary to for her to be an adult and me not to be able to look after her and have to trust that she could step up. I'm using the word step up again. That she could step up and be that person, and to get, and trust somebody you care about and that you love that they they can do this. Knowing that I'm not a perfect person, you can't do everything. And and that was a worry, yeah, that could she step up and do what she needed to do? But that's a... Hmm. But yeah, to think about somebody else you care about and go, can they do that? Hmm. So when you were wanting your daughter to step up, were you thinking of that scenario that happened on the boat that day? I don't think it particularly that one. So, uh, it was like a group of things and things in your life when you think about different things that happen to you. Because it's not all about physical danger. Mm. Is it? I mean, you know yourself, it's a lot. Often things are about how you behave in situations. I mentioned things like illness, and illness is one of families and, and death and things like that. That's the. I think that's probably the hardest one to deal with. I think I think that's harder to deal with than a physical threat. Into, I'm taking part in a sport. I'm in a sailing race. You know, that's not. It's almost n- not as serious as having to deal with I don't know my father or dying of cancer. You know, over a prolonged period of time, it's, it's very different. But you're still having to be that person and and do. You know, I, I need to be tough. I need to be strong. I need to be that person who can do this. Who can cope with this situation. So it's not necessarily about safety and, and danger. I'm fascinated by this con- concept of stepping up or, or manning up. You know, <sighs> they, they kind of have this similar sort of sort of meaning because I think for my for myself that you know I've kind of in certain situations I've said I've said to myself you know or man up or or, or the other one is grow a pair, which we've all you know heard before or, or yeah. might even have used. I try not to say that kind of thing, but I probably said it when I was a teenager or whatever, or, you know, you kind of have derogatory words for for people or you, or you can say it to yourself in a sort of a, a negative self, self-image kind of way. Why do you think we say these things, man up and step up and grow a pair and, and how, does that, how does that impact us as men? That's an interesting one. It's it's just a, people have always done it. People have always said that kind of. I'm just thinking about how I actually think about it. I've used the phrase probably five or six times to step up, and it's not the phrase I use now as an older man to, to think about when I've got to do something that needs to happen. I don't think of it like that. The phrase I use is I, I take care of business. I know there's a job I've got to do, and I will take care of that job. That I, I will take care of the business that needs to happen. I think of it in a different way. That's a conscious thing. 
I don't think I must step up. I must become something. I just go, this is a task that needs to be done. And I will do that. Why? Why, is, why, is, why have you made that change? Because it's more constructive. It's a, do, it's a doable thing. It, it makes it doable for me. Instead of going, I must become something greater. I go, no, I can do this. I just need to do it. Mm. So as, as you kind of counseled and guided your, your daughter through childhood and uh, you know becoming a woman and you know you wanted her to step up and uh, in certain certain occasions um do you think you would have treated if if you had a if you had a son would you think you would have treated him in a different way in terms of would you have been a bit more oh that's interesting i would like to think not yeah i would really like to think not i would like to think i was not my father that's an odd cliche, isn't it? But I'd like to think I'm not him, that I wouldn't do it how he did it. It was massive for me to not be the parents that I had, to be different, to not fit those, this is how you do it, this is how we behave. Yeah, it was massive for me to actually think about what was going on and what I was doing. What I found interesting about Leon's story was that he didn't tell anyone about what happened on that boat for 15 years. I was the first person that he told in 15 years. Not his wife, not his loved ones, friends and family, nobody. And I find that fascinating because if he'd have just told someone after what had happened, so naturally that would have been his wife when he went home, perhaps he could have laid that to rest and forgotten about it, but it stayed in his head all those years that that was a failure. On this, what he perceived to be a failure, I didn't even think of it as a failure. If it had happened to me, I don't think I would have seen it as a failure at all because he was still able to take the helm a few hours later. So it's very revealing as men on what we see as failure and what we see as not. And in the case of Leon, he saw that as a failure. He's found that difficult to really forget about and to let go over the years. This term that Leon used as well, step up, makes me think of man up as well and we hear that those kinds of phrases and those kinds of words a lot in British society what does that actually mean and can this be counterproductive to men making them feel negative emotions shame or guilt whether they didn't step up in a particular situation that's something I feel we can address in society make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review while you're there it would really help me a lot as I look to grow the show. Thanks so much. I'll see you next week for another great story.